Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. Good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play by play coming to you live here on KLEB. It's the last show of our work week and we've got a lot of fun things planned for you all. We've got a lot of things to talk about. We've got a lot of exciting things that are happening uh, in the world of sports and we can't wait to give them all to you throughout the course of the 90 minute show. Uh, last night, we had a broadcast. South Lafouche gets an easy, comfortable win over South Terrebonne, a game that, frankly, was not competitive. We'll talk about that in just a second. And we'll also give a rundown of the local high school scores from around the area because there were a lot of teams that were in action. Uh, well, not. let me rephrase that. There were not a lot of teams, but there were a couple of teams who were in action. And I'll give you guys a rundown of some of the local results and some of the teams that were competing um, last night. Let's thank our sponsors first for allowing us to be here today. We want to thank the Blue Boot Foundation. We want to thank, uh, let's see, Industrial Power Systems for all your engine and generator needs. Biz Power is our middle name. Neil Small Engine. Dufresne Building Materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Rouse's Markets Feels Like Home. And Golden Motors, where price is priority. We want to thank all those folks for our uh, for their support, rather, of what we're doing here on KLEB. Now, let's jump into the local scoreboard. Last night, we had some local re- uh, some local results and some results from around the area that are noteworthy to local teams. We start with Jesuit getting a 43-34 to win over Family Christian. You're telling me right now, just clear, why are you talking about Jesuit, bro? That's because Jesuit's played a lot of local teams. So that's a plus one for every team locally that Jesuit has faced, get an additional power point. Holy Cross beats Letcher 71 to 61. Good win for Holy Cross. Last night, Ellender falls to Wasman 76 to 45 at the Wachita Parish Tournament. Um, it's tough. It's tough. Ellender is struggling. Ellender is not playing well. Um, I I don't understand. Um, it, it it's been a rough go for the Patriots. They lose 76 to 45. Westgate defeats. Assumption 75 to 55. It looks like something's happened at Westgate, right? I saw Westgate um, at the uh, HL Bourgeois tournament, and I was not impressed. I, they just were slumbering around, didn't look like they had a whole lot. In recent games, they have played better. Now, they're still struggling. They've only got three wins, but in recent games, they've played better. They've scored more, and last night, they put it on Assumption by 20, after losing to Assumption at the HL Bourgeois Tournament. So that's a pretty good result there for uh, Westgate getting a win over Assumption out in 4A play. Um, Let's talk about this next result here on the local scoreboard, which is, well, we told you about Lutcher a second ago. South Lafouche gets a 52-35 win over South Terrebonne. Uh, Please, please, please don't read a whole lot into that score. Yeah, South Lafouche beat him. It was a 17-point game. It was not a 17-point game. It was it was a completely lopsided affair. The Tarpons were winning uh, 33 or 34 to three at half, or 32 to three at half, something like that. Didn't play the starters the entire second half. They were merciful. South Terrebonne is way behind the curve amongst local teams, and it's it's kind of sad to see 
Uh, it's disappointing to see um, because South Terrebonne was so good last year, and it, I was hoping that they would be a team that now would build on that and try to sustain it and would annually be that team that even in a down year would win 10, 12 games. Nope. It's uh, it's not that right now for South Terrebonne. They've had some departures. Some guys have quit the team. They, they, it's, it's not happening. The Tarpons beat them decisively last night in a non-district game against a district opponent. Vanderbilt gets a win over Ascension Catholic, fifty-six to fifty-four. Looking at like common opponents and looking at different things like that, I would have thought that Vanderbilt would have won this game by far more. Kudos to Ascension Catholic hanging around, challenging Vanderbilt, who um. <clears throat> is going to have to play better. <laughs> because look, Ascension Catholic, I was thinking whenever I saw that score initially, I was thinking like, oh man, Ascension Catholic must be loaded to the gills. You know, 1A school, they must have 15, 20 wins already. That's not the case. Like they've got one, two, three, four wins. They've played tough to some good competition. They're a good team. I'm not saying that they're not, but like they lost or they, they beat Assumption by two. I would have thought Vanderbilt would have been 10, 15, 20 points better than Assumption, but they lose to Vanderbilt 56 to 54 in an excellent game. So good job to Ascension Catholic fighting tough against one of our area's best, getting a, a losing result, but getting, boy, a winning effort, playing exceptional throughout the course of that game. Uh, Berwick, that's a plus one for everybody locally who has played Berwick because they beat Centerville last night 54 to 27. E.D. White beats North Lake Christian 40-37. Good win for Coach Keefe and his team. Santa Mont beats Donaldsonville 69-64. Good win for um, for Santa Mont over Donaldsonville, who's picked up some wins this season. In 2A, Homa Christian School gets a forfeit win over Noma. <clears throat> and then let's see, that wraps up our local boys' basketball scoreboard, which allows us to now dive into the girls' basketball scoreboard. We've got some district doubleheaders tonight in our area. Uh, in our local 5A district, last night in the girls' basketball scoreboard, we had the following results. Let's dive right into it right here. And we could tell you that in 5A, we had, let's see, I know a bunch of local teams have played John Eric. Well, they fell last night to Frederick Douglass, 56-30. to 30, So no one's getting a PowerPoint there. In 4A, we had um, South Terrebonne lose to Doyle, 62-29. to 29. Vanderbilt loses at the Sugar Bowl Classic against an out-of-state opponent, 58-38. to I would love to see that out-of-state opponent. If you're beating Vanderbilt by 20, you got a really damn good team. Centerville beats Berwick 34-29. to Good win for Centerville there in that matchup. Patterson and Central Catholic played. No score reported. Booker T. Washington gets a 43-36 to win over St. James. Homa Christian School gets another win. They're now, I believe, 12 or 13-0 and in the year. They beat Academy of Sacred Heart in New Orleans, 44-22. to Coach Kathy Luke's team continuing the role, man, continuing to play some great basketball. In 1A, Central Catholic uh, and Patterson, no score reported, as we said a second ago. And that wraps up our local scoreboard of games that were played uh, last night. Tonight, I'll tell you about the district doubleheaders that are coming because we've got a bunch of them. We've got, let's see, in our local 5A district, we've got tonight Central Lafouche and Terrebonne. That'll be out at Matthews. East St. John and Hanville, that'll be out in Hanville. HL Bourgeois will be hosting Destrehan. Um, so those will be some fun matchups there, the, the old district doubleheaders. Thibodeau will be um, hosting Bonneville for the boys, but will be traveling to take on Geo Next Generation for the girls. Coach Ashley and her team will try to get a win there. 
Um, so yeah, local teams staying busy, staying active. Of course, Vanderbilt will be out, out at the Sugar Bowl. EDY will be out at their tournament that they're playing at. Um, so a lot going on, a lot happening. E.D. White, actually, my bad. I just said they're at a tournament. They're not. They're hosting Haynes Academy tonight on the girls' basketball side. It's the boys who are at a tournament over the weekend. So I'm sorry about that. I misspoke uh, for a second. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, Chandler Guitro, South Lafourche High School baseball coach, will be talking about his team as we're getting close to baseball season here on January 6th. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. Do you want a free Easy Go golf cart? Golden Motors has given you a chance to win a new golf cart. All you have to do is buy a new or pre-owned vehicle and get your chance to put your name into a drawing. During the months of November through January 31st, buy your next car, truck, or SUV and get your chance to win. See our collections of Chevy Silverados, Equinox, and Trailblazers arriving daily. Golden Motors, where price is priority. On Highway 3235 and cut off, Chevy, find new roads. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 three and two stall restroom air conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, Reserve, and now Odessa, Texas. You have a pest control problem? Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Want to become a certified babysitter? Terrebonne General Health System is excited to offer super sitter classes. Participants will learn first aid and CPR along with safety, business, and basic child care skills. Classes are for ages 11 to 15 and will be held at Terrebonne General. Upon completion of the program, students will receive a two-year American Red Cross Babysitter CPR first aid certification. Our summer sessions are about to kick off. For class schedules and prices or to register, call 985-850-6204 or visit tghealthsystem.com. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey Jisclair here. We go to the phone lines. It's Friday. It's 11.45. You guys know where we're going. We're going to South Lafourche High School and having baseball coach, Coach Chan Legitro's on the line. 
Coach Guitros, good morning, buddy. How are you? Hey, doing great, yo. Doing great, man. Uh, it's a fun time of the year. We're uh, right up against that. Uh, it's almost like Christmas Eve type of thing. The Christmas tree's up. You guys are not able to open up the gifts yet, but you said when you got back to school, things would start to ramp up. How's that first week back been for Tarpon Baseball? Hey, uh, look, really good week. Uh, we were able to get work in three days, uh, use six of our allotted uh, 20 hours this week, so uh, really good week. Uh, th- this week was more about getting the guys back in the groove of things uh, as far as hitting, getting them in the cages an hour each day, and then re-implementing that throwing program and implementing a lot of conditioning. Uh, we're going to be running a lot more than we have in past years. It's, uh, it's just something that uh, you know, we're going to have to lean on more innings out of more guys on the mound, especially. So our guys got to be in as good a shape as we could possibly get them here in this next month or so. Yeah, very good. And in terms of um, the numbers in your program, how many kids are you expecting to have across the three different programs this year? Uh, right now we're at 22 that are not playing any other sports. And we have, I believe, uh, four or five coming from basketball and a couple of other ones who are uh, trying out. So, between JV and varsity, we'll probably be in that 28 to 30 range. And then we had, I believe, 22 freshmen sign up to try out with us. So we're going to look to get that number down to about 15 for a total of 45. And, uh, look, that's just one thing the last couple of years, our program, and we, we had a lot of good players. I, I don't cut any kid they can contribute on the baseball field for us. Or if I ever think that they'll contribute down the line, I'm not going to cut a kid for that. Uh, just to get numbers down. But, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely going to be a little adjustment, but it's also going to be some positives that we're going to be able to focus more on a lot of our individual guys with a little bit less numbers in the program because I think we just had too many over the last couple of years. We were looking at, you know, 50 kids in a baseball program are pretty close to it. So uh, that's a little, that was a little bit much for a 4A program with only, you know, three paid coaching spots. And uh, I think we had three volunteers last year. We're going to get to be a lot more focused and one-on-one with our individual players. Bro, one of the things that I notice is this baseball offseason feels different because whenever I go around the various schools for other things, you know, basketball game or soccer match or whatever, you just look across and, like, oftentimes you see teams that are, like, having, like, inter-squad games. And, like, I don't know what's allowed or what's not allowed, but some teams it feels like are getting after it far more than what they ever have in the past, taking advantage of some of these rule tweaks. Um, what are your thoughts on, on where the, the, the sport is kind of headed with that? Uh, it's good in some ways. And I, I, I'm tending to lean more that I think it's a little bit overkill. Uh, I think year-round this is something that, uh, you know, our guys who are strictly baseball-only athletes, we hope that they don't or at our school they won't because we're not going all out. You know, we, we stuck to the four and ones. That's the, the plan that our administration set forward. That's what we implemented. And I think that we're going to see some positives with that as well as far as burnout. Uh, you know, it, this is tough to do it year-round. It's tough to be preparing for games when you don't have a game for seven months uh, as far as full-tail practices. So, uh, you know, different schools are having different philosophies. I guess we're going to see who's right at the end. Um, but uh, it's definitely different, and a lot of schools – are taking advantage of these new rule changes, and we'll see what happens. Very good. In terms of some things you guys are going to look to get accomplished before you and I speak again next Friday, what are some of those things, Bonda? Um, I think it's going to be more getting back in the bullpen. I think this week we're doing a lot more stuff as far as just arm strengthening, arm, arm conditioning. We're going to get more back in the bullpen. And uh, next week we might start putting in more of our gameplay stuff, uh, a couple of bunk coverages, working into the small ball game, uh, and getting more of the finer points. That way, whenever we get to that first week of the season, 
we don't have to worry about implementing anything new um, in terms of that because uh, I don't know if you looked at the schedule. I mean, we start with practice January 23rd and January 28th, I believe, we're scrimmaging against C.D. White. So it's a very quick turnaround. And uh, you definitely don't want to get caught looking unprepared for that uh, first one. So we'll try to implement as much as we can here in these next two weeks before we can officially practice. Bro, that's one thing that uh, people don't realize is the amount of knowledge that your players have to absorb. I mean, you guys got things that are color-coded, number-coded, and they got to absorb and learn a lot of stuff with a new team. And, and not a new team, because these kids have been in the program, but with a, a group that doesn't maybe necessarily have as much varsity experience. Are some of those little things like that a little bit of a concern going into the year? It is, and I think that we uh, kind of got a great head start with that over the summer. We called everything like we would be calling a varsity game. Uh, in previous summers, you know, we'd let our catchers call from behind the plate. We, we, you know, just with a, a returning team instead of, uh, you know, working back with the cards and all, we let Hunter call the games over the summer. And uh, on offense, we pretty much, I mean, I'd put some stuff on, but we pretty much letting them swing away and, uh, you know, telling them good counts to seal in and kind of letting them work on their own, getting a feel for that. Last summer, we didn't do that. Last summer, we had armbands. Our uh, Coach Buck called pitches. I called the offense. So I think we made a lot of progress with that last summer, and we saw a lot of the holes that we need to take care of as far as just some gameplay stuff by doing that. So I think we, uh, we really took advantage of that. I like the plan that we have going forward as far as what we want to implement. Uh, but like you said, it's it's got to be from jump, and uh, these three scrimmages are just so, so important to us. Yeah, no doubt, man. Look, let's talk about this. You mentioned Hunter Conley at the catcher spot just a second ago. Obviously, he's graduated, but one of the areas where uh, you guys are going to be breaking in a new guy is at catcher, and if I'm not mistaken, you guys left the summer kind of not knowing who that was going to be. Maybe a little competition there. Talk about some of the players who may be vying for that spot behind the plate. Yeah, I mean, we really have one freshman per class right now. Uh, I'm sorry, one, one catcher per class. Uh, we have Josh Mack coming into the program as a freshman. We have Brennan Rayoman, who did a great job with the freshman team last year, who's going to be a sophomore. Uh, Dane Danos has been a guy who's been working a lot of JV innings for us over the past couple of years as that junior catcher. And then our senior is Eduardo Galicia, who uh, I think he's had a really tremendous offseason. Eduardo had a lot of arm issues over the summer. And I think they kind of held him back from his potential. We're seeing him now. Uh, his arm looks live, man. And, and I'm going to tell you, uh, look, we loved Hunter. Hunter was our, our big leader on the field. But there were certain things that Eduardo actually did a little bit better as far as blocking. He didn't have the arm that Hunter had or the, the gameplay experience and just the command of the defense that Hunter had. But that's something that he could learn. But as far as uh, certain skills like blocking, framing, there are some things that he does extremely well. And, uh Look, he's going to get the first crack at it. Uh, I'd like to have, uh, you know, the older guy take it back there, kind of take charge of our defense and uh, put an arm around our pitching staff, give him some confidence. So uh, all four guys will get opportunities early on, uh, but we really like what we've seen in, Ed in Eduardo so far. Very good, brother. Um, in terms of <clears throat> how your lineup is going to stack up, last year it was a situation where it was kind of a work in progress throughout the year. You guys are trying to figure that stuff out, piece it together. Two years ago, it was pretty much the same one through nine the whole way through. Do you guys have a little bit of an idea? Obviously, you know, if guys get hot or get into slumps, it's going to change or evolve. But do, do you guys have a little bit of an idea of, of what that's going to look like already? Or are you going to wait until they start, you know, scrimmaging and everything to figure it out? Coming out of the summer, we had a, a pretty good feel for it. You know, uh, I think a couple of things is where do we want Jacob Kirill to bet? You know, because uh, Jacob's going to be a guy that you need to put him in a spot where you got a guy behind him that could protect him. Our teams just aren't going to pitch to them, to them to him. So it's 
it's kind of that decision that I'm still kind of looking at. Does he hit two? Does he hit three? Does he hit four? You know, where do you put him at? Um, but no, we, we had a pretty decent idea coming out of the summer what it uh, would shake out as. It's going to be into that scrimmage time. Who carried over? Who looks like they give us the best chance on opening night? And that's kind of what we're going to roll with. And uh, it'll, it'll be some stuff that we're going to be tweaking a little bit early because it is such a new group. Uh, you know, that 2021 team, like you said, we uh, after, the, I believe, the fourth or fifth game of the season, that lineup stayed the same the entire year because I think we got on some kind of stupid winning streak and I just went and messing with it, you know. Uh, but I think it's going to be a work in progress and it's going to be all about run production. Who do we feel could hit behind certain guys or in front of certain guys that gives us the best chance to score runs? So tell us about this. I know that you had mentioned, uh, heck, probably three, four weeks ago now that there were whispers of a baseball facility opening up in the community, and now I've heard and seen some of those things. Um, don't know what the specifics are going to be or whatever it may be, but it looks like there's you know a cage or maybe even a, a, a bullpen that'll be in that facility out there. Boy, that, look, you got you know this as well as I do. It's not always sunshine, so you sometimes can't play baseball outside to have an indoor spot where the kids could get some work or a spot where over the summer they could go get some work on their own, that's that's really beneficial to your program, isn't it? It's huge. And, look, I'm going to tell you, in the 2020 season and 2021 season before Ida, we won baseball games because of Bayou Baseball Academy because we were able to get work in where some teams might have just taken the day off, you know. So, uh, you know, having that facility down here, we'll see what it looks like. I hadn't uh, gotten a chance to uh, – to go check it out yet but uh just every competitive baseball program has something like that you know it's it's not your, your mom and daddy's game where you you just go play at the Laurels park and you play your league and then you show up to high school you try out and you go try to compete if you want to be any good you can't do that so uh having things like that and uh having good youth programs and things for the youth programs through a facility like that is what could sustain success as a program. We, uh, you know, we like what we have coming up in the next uh, couple of years, and uh, you know, a facility like that could certainly, certainly help orchestrate a successful run to Sotlakush High School. Very, very good. Last question before we let you go, Ellis. You played the bowl game on Monday and absolutely dominated, winning sixty-three to seven. Looked great doing so. Maybe silenced some of the critics because Jaden Daniels threw it well. Uh, got a lot of the receivers involved. Else you checked all the boxes, man. It would have been easy to just show up, not play well, and beat an overmatched team by like 10. Nope, they showed up and they beat the snot out of an overmatched team. Checked all the boxes on Monday. Yeah, and there's so many people said, man, it's such a boring game. I enjoyed every second. Yes. It's the most entertaining thing. Man, it's, uh, it's fun to just line up and whoop somebody's butt sometimes. So uh, that was great to see. Just great momentum going into the offseason. Hopefully they could close out this recruiting class strong. Uh, but – like you say, it was just so nice to see that team just go out and have fun after all the, I guess, kind of rumblings uh, going around the program the 24 to 36 hours before that game was played uh, and just uh, show some togetherness, and those guys went out and had fun together. So that was great to see. No doubt about it, brother. Thanks so much for the time. We'll chat again next Friday, Potten. Have a great weekend. All right, Casey. Have a good one. Yep. That is Chandler Guitros doing a wonderful job. His baseball team is <clears throat> going to be getting back after it just very shortly. Time flies when you're having fun. They'll be back on the practice fields in the next couple of weeks now leading into the season, which will start in late February. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we'll talk some NFL. The NFL has decided what the, the postseason will look like. We'll break that down, um, and we'll talk about maybe some other things around the country. It's play-by-play play on Kaylee B. We'll be right back after this. 
Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. It's Mike to tell you for Neal Small Engine Incorporated. Listen up. That's what we did at Gravely. We listened to lawn professionals. Then we brought the professional performance home. Gravely Residential Zero Turn Moors show the neighborhood that you mean business. Zero turns that are as tough as nails operate a comfort beyond compare. We've had 100 years of professional advice to perfect cutting performance. Just drop the deck, put the neighbors on notice. Gravely, driven from within. At Neal Small Engine Incorporated. Locations in Homa, LaRose, and Thibodeau. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DufresneLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear. Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients safe to all humans and pets check us out on facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com need our cedar beaters now call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back buzz off mosquito control safe effective guaranteed at riley john's blue boot foundation our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market. Feels like home. Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health. For the sick, the elderly, and the homebound, our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about Home Health Services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. So 
So we have guidance from the NFL officially as to what the playoffs are going to look like in the sport. I mean, usually we know, all right, well, there's seven teams that are going to get in. The number one season is going to get a bye. But there were some complications created whenever you canceled Monday night's game um, between the Bills and the Bengals because those are two high rollers, two big dogs, two teams that are competing for the highest of stakes in the AFC. So the cancellation of that game caused some some big conflicts and caused some things to you know be kind of shifted around. So here's what we got. Um, because of the cancellation of the Bills and the Bengals, the NFL released a statement which says which says as follows: the AFC Championship game will be played at a neutral site if the participating teams played an unequal number of games and both could have been the number one seed and hosted the game had all AFC clubs played a full 17-game regular season. Those circumstances involve Buffalo or Cincinnati qualifying for the game as a road team and are listed below. So if either the Chiefs are going to be the one seed, they're going to get the bye. But if either Buffalo or Cincinnati make it to the AFC championship game, this is what's going to happen. Scenario one. Buffalo and Kansas City both win or tie this weekend. It'll be Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game would be played at a neutral site. Okay. Scenario two, if Buffalo and Kansas City both lose this week and Baltimore wins or ties, a Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game would also be at a neutral site. Scenario three. If Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Cincinnati wins, a Buffalo or Cincinnati versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. Okay? Follow me? Basically, if if, if anybody could have potentially been the one seed in any scenario by playing that Monday night football game and they make it to the championship game in the AFC, the AFC championship game then becomes a neutral site. Okay? Now... Piece two, if Baltimore defeats Cincinnati in week 18, it will have defeated Cincinnati, a divisional opponent, twice, but will not be able to host a playoff game because Cincinnati will have a higher winning percentage for a 16-game schedule than Baltimore will for a 17-game schedule. Meaning, so, if the Ravens beat the Bengals, the NFL is saying Baltimore is not going to win the division but they're also not going to have to go on the road and play Cincinnati in a playoff game. So if Baltimore defeats Cincinnati and if those two clubs are scheduled to play a wild card game against one another, the site for that game would be determined by a coin toss. If Cincinnati wins the week 18 game or Baltimore and Cincinnati are not scheduled to play one another in the wild card round, the game sites would be determined by the regular season scheduling procedures. So if Baltimore wins over the weekend against Cincinnati, and those two teams are matched up against one another in the playoffs, the team that will host the game will be decided by a coin toss. If not, if Cincinnati wins, then we just go and do our regular stuff. Roger Goodell said, I recognize that there is no perfect solution. The proposal we are asking the ownership to consider, however, addresses the most significant potential equitable issues created by the difficult but necessary decision to not play the game under these extraordinary circumstances. I don't like Roger Goodell, but I think that's very well said. This is not perfect, but it's what we got. It's what we got to deal with. There was no scenario, not one, no scenario that the NFL was going to come out with here that would have had people saying, oh, yeah, 
Yeah, that makes sense. That's awesome. That works for everybody. There was nothing they could have done that would have been perfect. Now, which leads us to a greater and more local topic of conversation. Let's say it is the Bills and the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Where's the game going to be? One thing the AFC, or the NFL rather, did not announce are a list of potential sites for the AFC Championship game. I know one place where it ain't going to be. It ain't going to be in New Orleans because of this story that was posted yesterday. First by Fox 8, we shared locally in the Gazette. I'm not at all taking credit for that because you know, they had the story first. But the NFL and the NBA are concerned with crime outside of the Smoothie King Center and the Caesars Superdome. Greg Bensel, a spokesman for the Pelicans and Saints, told Fox 8 yesterday of the team's concerns, adding that the team has spoken to tourism officials about crime around the Smoothie King Center in the Superdome. We have reached out to the mayor's office and NOPD. Bensel told Fox 8, we are now on the radar of the NFL and the NBA because of this. In recent days and recent weeks, people have been going to Pelicans games and are reporting that their cars have been broken into have been reporting that the windows have been smashed out of their cars, all of the windows, and have been reporting otherwise, you know, their their um, their property being taken, money, guns, whatever it may be being taken out of their cars. It's embarrassing. This topic is going to make me angry, so get ready for it. As a kid, I was always told, hey, man, like, New Orleans is a pretty cool place. But there are some areas where you should probably avoid at night, right? Like, there are some areas, yeah, maybe not safe. Now, you probably should avoid just the city in general. I know, personally, me, Casey Gisclair, I know three people who have gone to Pelican games this season and I've gotten their cars broken into. One got all four of the windows of his car smashed completely in the process. In the previous 15, 20 years that the team had been here, you know how many people I knew they got their car broken into during a game? Zero. City leadership. Wake up. Mayor Cantrell. I know you've been in the news lately, one scandal after another. And I know that you're running damn near a brothel in a city-funded apartment with a police officer. I've seen the reports of that on the news. Get your head out of your ass and get this fixed. Because you're going to start losing millions and millions of dollars worth of events. Because if this don't get fixed, you ain't getting any more Super Bowls. You ain't getting any more Final Fours. You ain't getting any more WrestleMania. Taylor Swift was supposed to come to New Orleans and was considering coming to New Orleans for her tour did not come to New Orleans. Why? Safety concerns. There is no way that in the year 2023, we cannot patrol a two-mile radius around the venue and keep it safe. I don't know if it's got to be enhanced patrols. I don't know if it's got to be whatever, more lighting, more cameras, more surveillance. I don't know if it's got to be harsher sentences once these idiots are arrested. 
I don't know what the answer is, but it's not my job to figure it out. It's your job, Mayor Cantrell. It's your job, New Orleans City leadership. This cannot continue to happen. People are innocently trying to enjoy themselves with their families at a Pelicans game at a time, mind you, that it's exciting and really fun to go to a Pelicans game for the first time maybe ever. And they can't because after the game, they're showing up and their car has been uh, vandalized. Their car has been uh, destroyed because some goon has blown out all the windows of their car. It's absurd that this is allowed to happen. This is not a problem that's happening nationwide, right? The issue of gun violence and mass shootings, that's a nationwide problem that politicians are trying to fix. This issue here of not being able to go to a sporting event without getting your stuff broken into, that's a one-city issue. That's a New Orleans, Louisiana issue, and it's unacceptable, and people should demand better. There is no reason why me and my friends shouldn't be able to go to a Pelicans game and not feel safe. And I've been asked to go to several games this year, and I'm not gone. You know why? Because I do not feel safe. That's deplorable. That is deplorable. There's no way that that should have been allowed to ever happen. We've got allowed this to get way too far gone. AFC Championship game coming to New Orleans. Can't even host a damn Tuesday night game against the Orlando Magic. You think the NFL is bringing the AFC Championship game here? Absolutely not. New Orleans won't even be considered. In the year 2010, they would have probably been on the top of the list. Now won't even be considered. What a difference a decade makes when you elect bad leadership to your city. And I don't talk politics on this show. I... I've been doing this show more than a year. This is the first time that I ever single out a politician by name on this show. It's not my place, not my time, not my job. It's out of control. Out of control. There's no way that that should be allowed to happen. None. It's absurd, man. Go to a damn basketball game. Got your six-year-old daughter with you. She's happy walking out of the stadium wearing a Zion jersey. She's all fired up, and then you guys come to a broken-into car. Give me a break. And you got to get a tow truck and everything. Your night's ruined. Your week's ruined. Your month's ruined. And guess what you're saying to yourself after that happens? I ain't ever going there again. Ain't ever going there again. It's absurd. Let's catch a break on play-by-play. When we get back out of the break, we're going to Damien St. Pierre. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. 
like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully, the neighbor who gives you a jump start, and the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too, through good times and the not so good. And who's got your agent's back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus the River Parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe. Effective guaranteed. Looking to achieve a healthier lifestyle but have little time? The Terrebonne General Executive Health Program can improve your overall health for a lifetime in one visit. With little to no waiting, you get a whole year of wellness in one convenient location. Our preventative screenings increase your well-being by providing early detection against illness. With exceptional VIP service, you leave with a plan in hand to achieve a healthier lifestyle tailored for you. Call the Terrebonne General Executive Health Team at 985-850-6204 today. There's no combination of words I could put on the back of a postcard No song that I could sing but I can try for your heart Some nice, calm, soothing Jack Johnson here after I just got fired up in the studio talking about New Orleans. But there's another thing that I'm fired up to talk about. It's middle school basketball. We have Damien St. Pierre on the line. He's the Golden Medal Middle School Boys and Girls Basketball Coach. Coach D, good afternoon, buddy. How are you? Hey, Casey, good afternoon. You had me kind of crawling into a hole yelling at me through the, through the radio in that last segment. <laughs> right, right. Uh, let, let's talk about a more or less controversial topic, rather, middle school basketball. You guys are uh, fresh off of a 2-0 and week for the girls, a 1-1 week for the boys. Beat up on E.D. White, then your girls do the same to Raceland, but the boys come up on the short end of it against the Cubs. How'd the Lions and Lady Lions play this week? Uh, so we'll start off with the girls. Girls play first. We'll talk about them first. Two and zero in Paris right now. Played some really good basketball. We're advancing. You know, kind of a new leading scorer last night. I want to shout out uh, Kyra Summers, seventeen points last night. Uh, it's one of the few times that that Caden Dardar is not our leading scorer. Uh, you know, Caden's the Caden is the the train that that pulls the rest of the squad. Last night, Summers came up big time. You know, we got a lot of players stepping up. Adam Lafar chipped in eight on on uh, on Wednesday against Edie White. 
Uh, he seemed to get over that 41-point mark in a game. Um, scored 41 on Wednesday, scored 41 last night, and uh, just playing some good basketball. And I, you know, I, I'm, I'm anxious to get into the, to the, I guess the, the, the core of our of our parish schedule, just to see kind of what we're made out of, and and see if we can compete at that top level, and hopefully, you know, we can start talking about maybe uh, compete for our parish championship on that end. Uh, on the boys' side, a lot of speed. Um, you know, we were prepared to play E.D. White. Coach Dew and I went and watched him play during the, the holidays, and, you know, we were ready for him. And then, um, you know, we, we were very successful pushing the basketball, um, you know, running our, our man-to-man offense, and specifically defensively, we kind of, you know, threw a couple of jump defenses at him against E.D. White on Wednesday, and they didn't really have much, much uh, pushback on that, and then they, they kind of scored late, and our guys scored late. A lot of a lot of good times there. Uh, it's good to see our younger guys getting there scoring. It's good to see our uh, our older kids that get the majority of the playing time. You know, celebrating and, and doing the right things on the bench to uh, you know show these young guys that they're appreciated as well. Not just you know not just practice players. And then last night on the boys, man, racing racing is extremely talented. They're big. They can handle the ball. They put pressure on you to make you do a lot of things that you don't want to do. Make you uncomfortable. Um, they brought a big crowd last night in, in to Golden Meadow. It was loud. Great environment to, for me to play basketball. My guys were sped up a little bit too much, and we had too many turnovers in the beginning of the game. Looked like a stretch probably in the middle of the second quarter where we got them in foul trouble, which is what we're trying to do. Um, and then we sat at the line for a one-on-one, just couldn't convert. And after that, they came back in the third quarter and, and solidified the rest of the game. And credit to them. They played well. They were prepared, and they did exactly what they had to do to, to, to take care of us last night. So what's next? I know you guys are going to John Curtis over the weekend. Is that boys only? And what are some things you're hoping to see from the crew? Yeah, so the boys, it's just the boys. We're playing St. Martin Episcopal out of uh, Metairie or New Orleans, I believe. Um, you know, we went there last year. I, I was kind of brought in late last year, and the principal, Mr. Mellison, asked me, said, man, we need some more games. So I kind of, you know, reached out to a few of my buddies, and uh, this this uh, friend of mine, Malcolm Odron, he's from Lafayette. He's the AD at John Curtis, I think, for maybe the, the middle school or my assistant AD at the, at the high school. He was actually – working in one of the small colleges out in Lafayette. And he reached out to me and said, D, we need some teams for our tournament. I was like, man, I'm going to bring Golden Meadow, play John Curtis and Shaw and, you know, those big New Orleans schools. And last year we went there, we beat Shaw, we competed the rest of the time. It's just a different brand of basketball. We can see a lot of man-to-man, a lot of discipline, you know, a lot of discipline defenses. And they're going to bring just a different look, you know, than, than kind of what a lot of these teams play. So it helps us win or lose. It helps us. Uh, be prepared for the rest of our, our our parish schedule, which is you know what we're pretty much focusing in. Uh, but it's a good time for the guys to get out, get out the get out of the area, and you know see something new and see something bigger, and uh, you know a bigger facility. Um, you know that uh, that John Curtis money. They've got some great facilities out there. Um, as far as the girls and the boys, on Monday we're hosting East Thibodeau. Boys have played East Thibodeau. Uh, we were unsuccessful in them, against them in the tournament. The girls haven't seen them yet. I have not seen each other yet. But um, I think it's going to be a great night of basketball and competing for that Paris. And everybody's everybody's kind of tuned into that that Paris title, and uh, it's 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 different. You know, you play in these preseason games and you have high expectations for yourself, and you get into Paris, and you got teams that may not have looked really great in the preseason or the out of Paris schedule. And whenever they come to Paris, it's, you know, it's a whole it's a totally different ball game. Very good stuff. Let's talk about the LSU game. The Tigers roll in their bowl game, sixty three to seven. It was never in doubt, uh, and I get it. Purdue was short a couple of guys, but they were mostly shorthanded on offense. 
They had their dudes on defense, and LSU did whatever they wanted to do. You had receivers throwing touchdown passes. You were running the ball. Both quarterbacks threw it pretty well. Had some receivers go off. Neighbors goes off. Kyron Lacey had a nice game. Like Everything that they would have wanted to do in that game, they did. Get their 10th win. Take some momentum into the offseason. And more importantly, D, I feel like they just silenced a lot of the haters, bro. They were whispers, oh, bro, that locker room is, is not good. Oh, bro, they having you know, strip club parties and everything that was being said on the internet. Boy, it didn't look like a team that was divided. They were celebrating in the end zone, getting celebration penalties even. Like, uh, man, it looked like a unified group getting their 10th win to me. Hey, so I know you have your weekend winner segment. You're going to have to have your all bruh segment. <laughs> that's that's, that's going to have to be next in your, in your segment. No, I, I can tell you, uh, I'm, I'm at home working remote today and I'm sitting in the same chair that I was watching the LSU game on, um, on Monday and, it was it was fun to watch. It was one of the few games all season that I'm not sitting there kind of on pins and needles and being nervous and worrying about what's happening next. You know, we came out, punted on that, had to punt on that first drive, and I don't know if we punted again to the last drive or maybe one before last drive. Um, but like you said, a lot of the, the Purdue opt-outs are, are people that just didn't play in general were quarterbacks, two wide receivers, and a, and a tight end. Our offense came in there. Jaden Daniels looked good. Our, Noah Kane looked good. And Malik Neighbors just came out and played possessed. Mason Taylor had a great game as well. You kind of see what the core of the team is going to be next year. And then everybody wants to play analysts, and, and I, I do the same. And, you know, who's going to be the quarterback next season? Is it going to be Nussmeyer? Is it going to be Daniels? And I'm glad Brian Kelly, you know, kind of trucked out Nussmeyer a little bit. Let him get some reps. It, it, especially, even, and look, even when the game was, was, you know, it wasn't 63 to nothing at the time, you know, Nussmeyer came in and, and, and played well. I guess as a fan and just in general, I can't get that Southern game out of my mind. I, I know he's kind of that gunslinger type, but I guess you get better at the same time. I don't know if we're going to have a two-quarterback system next year. I don't know, I don't know what's, what's, what's going to happen. But either way, I think we're going to be, you know, we're, we're set. Uh, we're set at wide receiver. I think we could do a little bit better at running back. I don't know what's coming in, if they're going to be successful. But I think everything's set. I know we lost an offensive lineman today, but I know we got a lot of linemen coming in as well. Tell me about that. Dan Orlovsky said during the bowl game, he was the color analyst for the game. He said, look, man, this LSU offense next year is going to be loaded. And, and I truly believe, and, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe you know some of the critics are right. I truly believe that Jaden Daniels, with an offseason to actually get to know his receivers, I'm not going to say he's going to throw for 60 touchdowns like Joe Burrow did. That'd be foolish. But I do think he's going to take that same type of leap forward where next year, instead of just being an average passer, he'll be a really good passer with the same legs. I think he's going to have a great year. And I think that, you know, even though they, they did get us some reps, I think he's going to be the starter, Daniels, that, that, that is. And I think he's going to have a great year. I think LSU's going to have an awesome offense next year. You know, a lot of times you got to sit there and smell the roses, and a lot of times you look forward too much, and people are like, oh, bro, we, he can't play NFL. We're not worried about the NFL. We're worried about Jane Daniels having a great senior season and bringing the LSU Tigers football team back to the SEC championship and a New Year's Six bowl game or even a playoff game, a, you know, a, a playoff appearance. He didn't have to do it all with his arm. He showed all season last year. He's got just as much speed as everybody else is running back. I think we're we're maybe taming him. Or I say we. I think maybe Brian Kelly's taming him a little bit not to use his legs as much. Um, I think he relied on that a little bit too much in the first half of the season. But in that middle of the season, he was on fire on throwing. He was on fire running. He was our leading rusher in a number of games this year. And that's another whole offseason. Last year, I think there was a, a competitive quarterback battle. And maybe he didn't get all the reps that he needed to. And this offseason, I think he's going to get the majority of the reps no matter what. 
Nussmeyer's going to come in there just to sling it a few times a, a game or what. But I think the, the development of Jaden Daniels is going to be um, is going to be unreal compared to the development where he was last season. I'm, it's fun to see. Talk about Dan Orlovsky. How big of a train wreck was that third quarter whenever they brought that Purdue new head coach <laughs> having to show off his shoes and not commentating the game? That was absolutely dreadful. That was dreadful. That was by far the worst part of the game. And look, you know my dad, right? You know he's kind of loud. Can you? I mean, I I was there right inside him. He was yelling and screaming. Uh, yeah, it was not pretty in the Jiskler household during that uh, about five minute stretch, which felt like a forty five minute stretch. It it really did. I felt like it was four drives. And talking about uh, you know watching watching games with your parents, your grandparents. There is not a single game in the history of my lifetime. And I'm thirty nine years old. I've watched with my grandfather that he's been pleased with the announcers. Every single time, <laughs> the announcers are totally against whatever team we pulled for, and I love it. It's like a check mark that I have to mark off every time Every time we watch a game together. Yeah, no doubt about it. Let's talk about this, bro. In about mid-December, there are a lot of little birdies chirping. Oh, the SEC's down. Look, Florida got their butt kicked. Oh, you know, look, this team got their butt kicked. Boy, that cold front where it got to 20 degrees must have sent those little birdies to hibernation because, man, the SEC ain't lost a whole lot lately. LSU gets a win. Mississippi State gets a win. Alabama gets a win. Georgia gets a win. There's probably a Tennessee gets a win. The games that they wanted to win, the, the biggest games, the New Year's Six games, the conference didn't lose none of them, brother. Man, they were talking. Everybody was talking. One and, oh, bro, they wanted three. Give me some games that matter. Give me some games that people are watching that's not played – at ten o'clock on a um, you know on a, on a on a a Tuesday morning or whatever, you know I'm not worried about uh, you know that what the I'm not gonna degrade any company, but you know like the the weed eat, the old school weed eater bowl, Poland weed eater bowl, or something like that. Give me something big, man. Give me you know uh, win when it matters. You know Big Ten. Oh, we got two teams in the in the in the playoffs. So guess what? You got zero now, and you probably should have probably should have won both. Uh, you know, I thought I thought TCU played out of their out of their world, and I thought Michigan did some things that weren't very Michigan-like, especially early in the game, set the tone early, and then Ohio State just absolutely blew an opportunity. And credit to Georgia and their thirty-year-old quarterback for for taking advantage of of all the opportunities they had. And I think Georgia may have played one of their worst games of the season. I think Ohio State probably played their best. So you can kind of see where that 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 gap is in between that Big Ten and SEC, especially at the top. I asked Coach Kyle on Tuesday, I said, hey, if they ever were to pour Cheez-Its on you at the end of a game, would you then pick them up off the ground and eat them like Brian Kelly did? And he said, and I wasn't expecting this answer, he said, absolutely yes, and probably much worse than that. So what were your thoughts? If they pour Cheez-Its on you, are you eating them after the game or what? I actually, I actually heard him say that. I was surprised as well. I would be, I, I don't remember who exactly it was, but he did the face down Snow Angel. I think I'd be do. I would, I would take the cheese bath and then I would do the, the regular Snow Angel uh, in the in the cheeses, and I'd be more than happy if, I, if I'm at that point in my career and uh, and taking that. Especially look, man, look at Brian Kelly. First year at LSU wasn't supposed to do anything, and now you're sitting with a, 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 a crazy blowout win, and you know going into as your tenth win of the season. People were saying people after that first part after the first part, like excuse me, the Florida State game, four games, man. We're going four and eight. Get out of here, man. Get out. Yeah, it, it, Georgia's going to beat up on TCU in the championship game, right? Uh, I would expect nothing less. I think TCU Cinderella Slipper is going to get uh, destroyed on that in that national championship game. Yeah, I agree with that. Let's talk some WWE for a second, brother. Uh, Vince McMahon is back. Um, 
We don't expect him to be back in any booking capacity, but he is now the chairman of the board again. Uh, but he says he's the chairman of the board temporarily because he wants to be the person to negotiate the sale of the company. There are rumors and whispers that it'll be NBC or the, the parent company that owns NBC that's going to end up buying the WWE and that they'll pretty much keep the same infrastructure in terms of leadership and booking and everything of the sort. Man, it's weird to see uh, WWE that potentially wouldn't be owned by the McMahon family, but it appears that's where it's headed. That's so weird. And you know, I sat here a month ago. I said that would, that he would never be back on the board, but I mean, he's bringing it in to, like you said, to, to negotiate that sale. I didn't realize that NBC was in the in the lead for uh, or in negotiations at all for the, the the buyout. But Casey, remember the last time a TV company owned the wrestling organization? Yeah, worked out very well. So that that's kind of scary. You know, TV organizations aren't going to have. Um, I, I guess I don't know what kind of money they're investing, but as soon as they start losing, it's going to be all right. I'm putting my guys in place that aren't wrestling folks and that are TV folks, and that's going to make things very very interesting if that transaction goes down. Well, it's that, and then it's, you know, let's say NBC comes up with a show that's about, you know, whatever. Are we going to then have those guys cutting promos on Raw to promote? Like, you're right. There's a lot of things that could go wrong with this. Are, are we going to have Roman Reigns as a, a criminal mind investigator or something <laughs> like that? We're going to have some, some, uh, some run over there? I hope not. Uh, let, let's talk about this. One of the hottest storylines talking about, like, actual stuff happening in the ring right now is – Bray Wyatt, um, he's getting his finishing move done to him by some guy in a mask who's claiming to be his uncle. And we actually think, uh, based on internet rumors, that it's actually his brother, uh, which would be Bo Dallas, that's delivering the punishment. There's going to be a lights-out match at the Royal Rumble. Now on Monday night, after the Friday night SmackDown stuff, Alexa Bliss is being hypnotized during her match. And Dude, it's some weird stuff, but it's weird in a way that makes you want to watch more. I don't know where the hell they're going, but I'm certainly the guy. They piqued my attention. That, that's the great thing with Bray Wyatt. You can kind of do what it's almost like a like a somewhat sci-fi reality TV show. Um, just like say like a Lost or something. You're writing that story, and there's so much stuff that you could do. It's like a never-ending. It's like a it's a writer's dream. But from what I'm understanding, Bray Wyatt's having some, some maybe some ring rust issues. I know they just recently let him have an actual match. Um, I know his mental health wasn't that great whenever he was released from WWE. I don't know if that's having an effect on him, but I, I, I haven't personally seen anything. I'm just from, from what I'm reading that he's having some, some entering issues. So I'm, I'm wondering how they're going to massage that uh, going forward. But definitely piqued the interest. And, you know, uh, you and I kind of going back and forth in that chat. We kind of knew who – who broke that news that it may be his actual brother that, that that's attacking him, which is a weird story in itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the nature boy may have overstepped a little bit on that one. But, hey, that's okay. He's Ric Flair. He could do whatever the hell he wants to do. Um, dude, I don't know if you've been following, and I asked Turtle this on Wednesday. Have you been following the Dominic Mysterio stuff, dude? I mean, on, on Thanksgiving Day, he shows up to his dad's house, and this is all non-televised. This is social media stuff shows up to his dad's house and like in storyline, he jumps him or whatever. So he does the same thing for Christmas. This time Ray's got police or whatever, and they arrest Dominic. Now Dominic, because he spent like two hours in jail is acting like he's this hardened criminal. He's got a different hairstyle. He's talking with a different accent. He's got a toothpick. He's claiming to be like this big tough guy now, dude. And I said the same thing to Taylor. I thought Dominic Mysterio was awful early in his career. I thought he was terrible. Now he's entertaining as hell, man. Like, he's turning himself into a star. Oh, I'm going to have to catch that. I, I haven't seen anything. Anytime Dominic Mysterio is on my TV, I'm, I'm changing the channel. Uh, it's, 
it's to me it's like he's like watching cardboard. I just I wasn't interested, but now I'll, I'll have to go check that out. As you were telling that, I was I was hoping that he would come back as maybe like a, a, a mid '90s nails type of character. I think that would that would be entertaining as well. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we've got Jonathan Guidry who's going to be fighting Bermain Stavern in about uh, well, it'll be two weekends from now, two Saturdays, well, three Saturdays from now, out in Miami. Uh, Stavern is twenty-five, five and one, but most of those five losses have come lately. Jonathan's eighteen, one and two. And you and I have talked about this in the past and kind of said, hey, this is uh, Don King trying to put two of his dogs against one another and see which dog will get to you know, eat the biggest bowl of food for the next fight. What do you think? I haven't seen any betting lines on this. Do you think Jonathan should be favored to win this fight? I, the more I read into it, the more I get, a, I get more confident for, for Jonathan Guidry to be successful in this fight. I, at, at first, when I read the date, I guess my mind, I, I, was, I was already in January, so I didn't think he had enough time to prepare, but just seeing, um, you know, when it came out, he probably had five to six weeks, and I don't know what he was doing prior, but I know he's got a lot of videos out on social media, um, you know, with him sparring and working, or working, working with some guys out of Homa that are doing some um, some strength training and whatnot. Um, but Severn, I think, is too old, and I think that Don King is setting up Gidry to be successful, and I think he's setting him up to he, he, I think Gidry in the WBA rankings is now at 11th. So he's pulling those strings. Um, as soon as you get in that top 15, the way boxing works, if there's a heavyweight champion that has a mandatory defense for whatever belt organization we'll call them, um, you're eligible to be that that that, uh, that mandatory defense. And that could normally change. It's pretty much like playing a, uh, you know, like a, like a, you know, a smaller college football team just to get, give them that payday. And then, you know, Jonathan gets in that situation, trains hard. You never know what could happen. But I think Don King's trying to set him up for that type of route for his career. And if he can get another uh, world title chance, uh, I think he's going to take better op- better advantage of that situation. So I'm thinking the more I think about it, the more I, that I believe Gidder's going to be favored for, the, for this uh, Severn fight. Let's talk a little bit of college basketball for a second. Um, LSU gets the upset win over Arkansas, and then Vegas thinks, oh, they're going to just go to Kentucky and get destroyed. They were like a 10.5-point underdog. Comes down to the final seconds, and I get it. Kentucky's not playing all that well. They're not even in the top 25 right now, but they're still Kentucky. To watch an LSU team go on the road at Rupp Arena and at times be the better basketball team, starting to get the belief that this is a team that's not going anywhere. This is a team that's going to just be solid throughout the course of the year. They compete, and they compete to every level so far, and that, that's that's big. And, you know, a lot of folks, exactly as you just said, Casey, a lot of folks, man, we almost beat, we almost beat Kentucky. I'm thinking, man, Kentucky's really not that good, but there's still that aura, that that that, that blue blood mentality that, that Kentucky has. And um, just to go on the road and compete in pretty much any SEC game, especially with a mid-to-top-tier type of team, that, that's huge, especially with, you know, with all the implications and, and – Everything else that Mac McMahon's going through, uh, I think the future is very bright for the LSU basketball team, and they got some, you know, Miller. You got they got some guys that can just flat out score. I don't think that um, you know scoring's not going to be the issue. They could get some stops on defense. They're already gritty. They're gutty. They're diving on the floor for loose balls. They're doing the right things, and it's uh, it, it's a it's fun to watch. I can tell you that much. We get criticized, you and I both, all y'all are Pelican haters, because we're not willing to concede that the Pelicans are going to win the next 15 championships in a row like everyone else is. 
Um, you have come on this show and said several times, hey, I like what I'm seeing, but I don't know that they'll be able to do it all year long because of health concerns. Well, ta-da, Zion Williamson out at least three weeks with a hamstring injury. The Pelicans are already without Ingram. Bro, it just feels like a group that like they're never able to keep their five core guys on the floor, and I think that's going to hurt them come playoff time. I don't care about seeding. I don't care about records and standings. If your guys don't have chemistry together in the playoffs, that's going to hurt you. Uh, Billy Joe Tex have limited, been limited since uh, <laughs> Tuesday when that news came out or Wednesday when that news came out. Almost called you during their show just to gloat. Hey, man, what's up? What's up with Zion? You know, uh, it, it's every season. You can you can't be a championship contender without being healthy, without having you guys ready to go. And I just that's something that they have to deal with. Now look, their bench is a lot better than what their bench was last year. You know, they, they the coaching staffs developed a lot of those players. Uh, you know, the draft's been nice. Dyson Dan's doing well. Um, and Najee Harris. Oh, it's not Najee Harris. Uh, I can't think of that. Marshall. Other guys. Marshall, there you go. Not the running back, the, the, the basketball player. Uh, you know, he's come off the bench. He's done some things. Had to start a few times, and it's just it, they, they're better. There's no there's no doubt that they're better. They're better than that 10th seed or 9th seed that they were last year had to play in, and I think it's still going to – like I'm going to go on record every week that we talk about it, 4, 5, 6, and a lot of that is not to do with the way the players play. It's a lot to do with the players being on the floor and being able to play, and you're missing out on, on a lot of key games that games in November, December just count just as much as later in the season if you need that win late. You could have got it early in the same in the in the same Senate. So again, they got to stay healthy. They're gonna they're, they're gonna contend. They're gonna be a playoff team. They're that good. They're that well coached. Just to get to that next level, you're gonna have to stay healthy. And you know when when you when you get that 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 alert on your phone saying hey Zion hamstring outfit at least three weeks, you kind of just say oh here we go. Last question: The Nets are in town tonight. They're in the city. Will Ben Simmons score more points, or will there be more car break-ins during the game? I'm going to go with more car break-ins and not per window than Ben Simmons is going to actually play per minute. <laughs> Sounds like a winner. Thanks so much for the time. Y'all have a safe trip to River Ridge, brother. Y'all y'all, good luck this weekend, man. Thanks, Casey. Much appreciated. Yep, that is Damian St. Pierre doing a good job, as always. I, I figure Ben Simmons is going to score like – I think Ben Simmons is going to play well tonight, so he's going to score like four points. Um, whew, that, that brings that line. is going to be really, really close. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to get our weekend predictions. It's play-by-play here on KLEB. The music on the bayou, the all-new Raging Cajun 102.7 FM. Do you want a free EasyGo golf cart? Golden Motors has given you a chance to win a new golf cart. All you have to do is buy a new or pre-owned vehicle to get your chance to put your name into a drawing. During the months of November through January 31st, Buy your next car, truck, or SUV and get your chance to win. See our collections of Chevy Silverados, Equinox, and Trailblazers arriving daily. Golden Motors, where price is priority. On Highway 3235 and cut off, Chevy, find new roads. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DufresneLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. 
We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. It's Mike to tell you for Neil Small Engine Incorporated. Listen up. That's what we did at Gravely. We listened to lawn professionals. Then we brought the professional performance home. Gravely residential zero-turn mowers show the neighborhood that you mean business. Zero turns that are as tough as nails operate a comfort beyond compare. We've had a hundred years of professional advice to perfect cutting performance. Just drop the deck, put the neighbors on notice. Gravely driven from within. At Neil Small Engine Incorporated. Locations in Homa, LaRose, and Thibodeau. Tri-Parish Police Supplies is a top-of-the-line police, fire, and EMS supply store, as well as a great source for tactical and home defense needs. Tri-Parish Police Supplies is open to the public Monday through Friday, 9 till 5, and on Saturdays, 10 till 2. So stop in at Tri-Parish Police Supplies on Highway 311 today. For more info, call 985-873-9989. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's Shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market's feels like home. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We've got, oh, about 10, 12 minutes left. I may break it into two segments. May just do it all in the one. We'll figure our way through the rest of this show as we get to it. I've got our weekend predictions. My first weekend prediction, I think LSU basketball is going to go on the road and beat Texas A&M over the weekend on Saturday. Texas A&M's not bad. They're 9-5, and 1-0 in conference. They beat Florida their last time out. I just think LSU's going to have a little bit too much for them. Uh, they're likely going to be an underdog in the game, so there may be some betting value there. I just think on the road, LSU is going to have a little bit too much for them. Um, looking at ADAM's last five results, they lost to Wofford, lost to Memphis, struggled through Northwestern State. Um, yeah, I just think LSU is going to have a better team, better scheme, and the ability to get a big victory on the road in College Station, the land of the cult. Um, I think that they'll get a big win there. <clears throat> Next weekend prediction. I think that we're going to see some upsets, some big-time upsets in the top 25 over the weekend in college basketball. Um, 
Alabama hosting Kentucky. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Kentucky won that game. Texas traveling to take on Oklahoma State. Wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma State won that one. Duke going on the road to Boston College. Maybe I would favor Duke, but again, upset alert. Wisconsin traveling to Illinois. Upset alert. Um, There are going to be some teams in the top 25 that are going to go down hard over the weekend in college basketball. It's just the way of the sport right now. They are, there's so much parity, and it's just simply the way of the sport. <clears throat> Let's make some weekend predictions involving the NFL. Tomorrow, there are two games. Give me Kansas City to lock up the one seed um, in game one, and give me, uh, and that'd be against Las Vegas, give me the Jaguars to lock up their division championship over Tennessee in game two. I think the Chiefs will beat the Raiders. I think the Jaguars will beat the Titans. The Titans are they're just lost, man. They're just lost. They don't have a quarterback. They've got a good roster. They've got a good coach. They're just lost. They don't, you know, they, they wasted draft capital on Malik Willis, and I say wasted without regret. Malik Willis is terrible. I told you guys this, the first games that he played. Go back in the archives and dig through it. I told you guys from the first time Malik Willis took the field this season, I said, Hey, this is Ian Book. This dude is scared to death that like they're never going to be able to fix this. With that's the thing with rookies. I'm not anti-rookie. Rookies play sometimes, and you know, hey, Dak Prescott's best season was his rookie year. <clears throat> but you you should, through all the mistakes, through all of the issues, and you know, maybe communication issues at the line of scrimmage and all the different errors that they're going to make, you should at least sometimes see a flash or two of, whew, that was a throw that you don't often see. Or, whew, that was nice. Got out of trouble. Dove, got a first down. Like, that was nice. That's exactly what the Steelers are experiencing right now with Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett early in the year was bad. Like, real, real bad. But now... You're watching Steeler games and are like, huh, there's a little joker here could play. Like he, <laughs> He's doing some stuff. Never not one time that I watched Malik Willis this season did I ever have an inkling of like this guy's going to be a player. For the season, he's completing 50% of his passes, which in the NFL today is atrocious. Doesn't have a touchdown, three interceptions, and he's not running particularly well. So the Titans are lost. They're stuck in the mud. They don't have a quarterback and... It's really, really hurting them bad. I like the Bengals to beat the Ravens on Sunday. I don't know if Lamar Jackson is or is not going to play. I don't think it matters. I just think Cincinnati has a better team. I like Burrow. Burrow's the consummate leader. After going through Lamar Jackson, oh, oh, surprise, surprise, Lamar Jackson is out. He's not available for the game. He won't play Sunday. Um, so with all of the hoopla surrounding the Monday night game, and there are, believe it or not, idiots around the country who are laying blame onto T. Higgins for some ungodly reason for what happened. Um, you know Burrow is the consummate leader. He's going to get those guys laser-focused. They're facing an overmatched Raven team without their quarterback who's nursing his annual late-season boo-boo. The Bengals are going to put it on the Ravens pretty good and they're going to solidify and guarantee themselves as division champions. 
The same could be said, by the way, for Buffalo. Buffalo will be without DeMar Hamlin, obviously, who is remarkably getting better, by the way. He's now got his incubation tube. He's been lifted. He's talking and FaceTiming teammates. And the the progress that that young man has made medically in the last two, three days, it makes you, you know, for people who are, are or are not overly religious, it makes you wonder if there's not something sitting high above us paying attention to what we're doing because he has gotten so much better in such a short amount of time after such a scary showing. Like Monday Night Football was just Monday, four days ago. So to sort of think that already out of, you know, unconsciousness and already communicating and FaceTiming people and, and being aware and alert and understanding and knowing that he's a football player. Because the doctors are saying that's the first thing that he asks them is, hey, like, did we win? <laughs> um, so to have that alertness is incredible. And I think the Bills, after a long, tough, difficult week, are going to beat the snot out of the Patriots. At home, the Bills already, and I remember giving you this betting pick before the first matchup between these teams. I remember telling you you guys, I believe the Bills are like a three-point favorite on the road at New England. And I remember telling you guys, hey, take Buffalo. There's a Thursday night game because Buffalo has New England's number. They beat them by 14 in Foxborough at home in Buffalo. <clears throat> Patriots need the game. But Buffalo needs it too, and Buffalo's going to beat the hell out of them. I like the Bills to roll. The Saints wrap up their regular season against Carolina. I don't know how Vegas could even set a line for this one. The Saints are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't know the plans for each team. There's really not a whole lot of incentive for either team here other than you know Carolina trying to end New Orleans' win streak or whatever it may be. Um, not a whole lot of incentive either way. The Saints have some guys who are questionable, may or may not play. Um, I guess I'll pick New Orleans, I guess, <clears throat> to finish the season strong. Um, Dennis Allen has said Andy Dalton will be the starter. The fact that he has to clarify every single week who his starting quarterback is going to be is a little bit crazy, especially in the middle of this winning streak, but that's neither here nor there. But I guess New Orleans is going to get the win. Um the Eagles are going to become the one seed in the NFC. They're going to beat the New York football Giants on Sunday. Uh, and the reason for that is because the Giants just have no reason to to challenge the Eagles. They have no reason to compete. The Giants are the sixth seed. No matter what happens, the Giants are the sixth seed. Um, so we're likely not going to see Saquon Barkley. We're likely not going to see a whole lot of Daniel Jones. And, I mean, the Eagles are struggling. They're not playing great, but they're going to be able to beat the Giants' backups, for God's sake. So, yeah, I think that we're going to see a situation there <clears throat> where um, the Giants are just not capable of staying with the Eagles with the limited roster that they're going to have. I think that Dallas is going to beat the Commanders over the weekend, but, again, it's not going to matter a whole lot because of what's going to happen in the Eagles game. I want to see, and one of the teams I'm looking forward to seeing most on Sunday is Minnesota. Minnesota is playing the Bears. The Bears are tanking. The Bears have no interest in winning. They're three and thirteen. <clears throat> Kirk Cousins was ungodly bad last week. Like terrible. Absolutely atrociously bad. Going into the playoffs, I want to see something out of him. I want to see a little progress. I want to see him have a good one after what was a brutally bad one last week against Green Bay where he turned over the ball four times and pretty much all of the stats that he got came late in garbage time. 
So I would like to see a stronger showing from Kirk Cousins um, in that matchup against the Bears, try to maybe carry a little bit of momentum into the postseason. Because the Vikings still have a lot to play for, man. They, they, they're still very much in the mix of it. The advanced stats say that they're not any good, but their record says that they are. Um, so they've still got a whole lot to play for. Last weekend prediction that I'll give you, <laughs> I feel sorry for the Kentucky women's basketball team. LSU's coming in, and they're fit to destroy. The LSU women's basketball team is 15-0, in SEC play. They beat Texas A&M by 40 last night, 74-34. Kentucky's not any good. They're 0-3 in conference play. LSU is going to beat the stuffing out of Kentucky on Sunday. It's going to be bad. Um, FanDuel and some of the sites, they do do women's basketball lines. They just kind of hide them in the corner of the college basketball section. On Sunday, if that's not like a 25, 26, 27 point line, take LSU because LSU is going to beat the st- LSU's won all three of their conference games. They won by 24, 25, and 40. And this is maybe the worst of the bunch that they've played so far. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's not going to be pretty for the Lady Wildcats. Kentucky men's basketball has got a big name, the women, not as much. LSU is going to put a hurting on those ladies on Sunday. Betting picks, then we're out of dodge here. Tonight, I like Philadelphia, the 76ers, to get a win over the Chicago Bulls, covering the minus four. Joel Embiid still out of the lineup. I don't care. I think the 76ers are going to beat the Bulls. Tonight, I like over 231 for the Nets and the Pelicans. Pelicans should still be able to score even without Zion. They're not going to stop the Nets. No one's been stopping the Nets lately. I like, I like Durant and Kyrie to score, push the number out. I like over 231 in that matchup there. I like the Bucks minus 10 over the Charlotte Hornets. The Bucks tend to blow out bad teams, especially at home. So I like Milwaukee to get the win in that one. I like the Suns plus two over the Miami Heat. Um, and then let me give you a couple of college basketball ones that I like here. On what's kind of a light college basketball day, we can maybe find a diamond or two in the rough somewhere here in these games. There's, look. There's a lot of money to be made betting small conference college basketball, including here, Stanford over 122.5 against Cal, and I like Manhattan plus 1.5 over Canisius. So that wraps it up for me today. I want to thank Damian for the time, Chandler for the time. Thanks to you all for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. If you're going to a game, enjoy yourself, uh, stay safe, all that good stuff. I will be at Central Lafouche tonight watching the Trojans. I will be at middle school basketball in Raceland watching that. I'll maybe even pick up some bitty basketball uh, during the course of the weekend as well. You've been watching or watching. You've been listening to Play by Play. Have a great weekend, everybody. God bless you all. Casey Disclare signing off. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.